The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving. For listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Jake Watroba. Alongside of me, or actually in Dallas, he's not really alongside of me. Uh, <laughs> with me tonight is Armand Kafai. We have no Steven Jodoran. He has the, we're going to go with the night off. So make cool. sure you follow us on Twitter at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a review, a good review. Big news today. For Uncle Sam Soccer Podcast, we are now on Spotify. Oh, I can confirm my playlist. I did listen to last week's show on Spotify earlier this afternoon. So if you are a Spotify user, if you get your podcasts on Spotify, make sure you find us on uh, on there. Just search Uncle Sam Soccer Podcast. You should find us. Has our entire library uh, for you to choose from. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to Armand's rants on the U.S. men's national team failure to qualify for the World Cup just a little bit over a year ago. You can go and do that. Uh, So, yeah. So, make sure you check us out on there. Armand, how how are you doing? You were at the match last night that saw the U.S. women's national team clinch a CONCACAF title. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they clinched the uh, World Cup on Sunday, World Cup berth on Sunday, with a 6-0, I would call it a drubbing of Jamaica. And uh, they came in and I think genuinely outplayed a Canadian team who's supposed to be top in the world. And only won 2-0, but that wasn't without a multitude of opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, they clinched a, a nice crown in front of a nice, modest crowd. I mean, I can't blame them. The weather was absolutely garbage. Uh, for Texas. For Texas, I don't want... I don't want none of y'all Midwestern folk to come in and talk to me about how, oh, snow, and, you know, I gotta go through all this. I mean, for Texas, it was just pretty bad weather. Um, but, yeah, so it was, it was pretty interesting, pretty pretty cool uh, to see them clinch the, uh, clinch the uh, crown in our, in our backyard. And now it's time for the Hall of Fame induction on Saturday in MLS. Armand, you've been following this women's national team uh, through qualifiers. Um does this team have what it takes to to win in France next year? I mean, through if you want me to judge through qualifiers, it's impossible because they're dominant. They're way better. They sh- almost shouldn't even be on the same field sometimes as some of the teams in CONCACAF. And that's not a slight against those teams in CONCACAF. They're trying to develop an infrastructure and develop a system. 
I mean, because there's not that many women's professional leagues, and one of them's in the United States, and a lot of them have been using the college program to get better. But uh, just such a gap. It's really hard to tell if, you know, from qualifying. But overall, I do think this team does have a chance at winning the World Cup, and they won it in 2015. The team is, uh, is returning a lot of the same players. Let me tell you something, Jake. Megan Rapino has to be one of the best female players I've ever seen. Like, period. She's just phenomenal with 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 the ball and just she, it's just so smooth with it too. It's just it's phenomenal the way uh, she plays and her and Alex Morgan pairing up uh, when Morgan's up top and now they have um, I'm actually going to do the story on it uh, that should be out when this podcast is out potentially. Uh, they have a forward at right back now, so I mean they have plenty of options. Uh, they they're continuing to continue on and I think they need more. Friendlies are challenging to ramp it up, but I do think this team will can win the World Cup. You you kind of touched on it there with your 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 comment on on more challenging friendlies. Do you do you think playing in Concacaf and obviously they really have no control over this, but do you think playing in a region like Concacaf might be a detriment to this team come next summer? No, I don't think it'll be a detriment. I mean, if anything, it might be a positive because it makes things so much easier easier to qualify for a World Cup. But, I mean, overall, Jake, the gap is so big. It's I mean, the U.S. won their first four games to qualify for the World Cup 24-0 combined. That's a ridiculous stat line. It doesn't look good. I mean, CONCACAF needs to do more. It needs to, it needs to help, you know, like provide, you know, better, like better, I guess, pathways to – get development going for these countries. I mean, if you look at a team like Jamaica who just qualified for their first World Cup, I mean, their coach is like, hey, we're trying to get players in the college system. We're trying to develop an infrastructure in our country. I mean, a lot of these teams don't have an infrastructure. So, you, so I mean, there's maybe like 10, like 10, maybe 15, 10 teams, or I would say 10, that would uh, are going to compete for the World Cup next year. I mean, you're going to see a lot of ugly games in, in, in the 2019 uh, FIFA Women's World Cup. There's still a very large gap between those teams. But I don't think it's a detriment. I think it does help them qualify easier, though. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see how it plays out because it, it, it seems like, most notably with you know the 2015 World Cup, it, it, you almost got the feeling that there was only four, maybe five teams that could actually win it. And now you're saying that there might be ten teams that are good enough to, to, to win the Women's World Cup, you know, and, that, and that's that's good in terms of just quality and, and in terms of just... It more. has to get better. I mean, it has to, in terms of, if the rest of the world gets better, it's going to help women's soccer as a whole. Because, I mean, if I'm a casual fan, I'm not tuning into a game at 6-7-0. I'm sorry. I'm just, after 3-0, it's like, okay, what can I get away from? What can I get from this tactically? It, 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 if, you watched, if you watched any of the group stage games or the game against Jamaica... The U.S. was on a whole nother level. Their movement, everything. It, was, it just looked like just two teams are just obviously just not equal, not playing, uh, uh, not playing. Um, yeah, it's like two teams that are just re- relatively close in terms of skills. So, I mean, the game has to get better overall. Um, and hopefully we can start seeing more, you know, competitive matches. But Or it just could be the U.S. is just so damn dominant that we're just taking it for granted at this point. Yeah, that definitely... That definitely could be. A, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they could just be as dominant as hell. I'm, I'm just, you know, taking it for granted. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out come next summer. Uh, you, you did mention that you, you know the, the U.S. women's 
are on a completely different level. But what I want to really talk about here as we transition here in the show is the level that Wayne Rooney is on and the level that goal he scored last night against TFC. How about that goal? I already sent my apology letter in last night, we, like officially. We both have sent our apology letters in. Mine was two or three Look, episodes Steven, ago. Look, Stephen will admit it. Steven will admit it. But he, had, he did not think Rooney would do this. Come on, man. No one can. This guy was just not looking that – sure, he wasn't looking that great in the EPO. But, I mean, especially the way he played and whatnot. I mean, first off, credit to Ben Olsen for playing him as this, like, false nine but kind of ten role where he's, you know, drifting from four to center mid, linking up with Lucho Acosta. I mean, they've actually played some very entertaining football. And that goal, come on, Jake. I was I was it was pregame for the women's national team match, and I just like yelled in the press box, like, "Damn, what a hit by Rooney!" Yeah, that was that was a very good goal. That was a very good goal. I didn't I didn't see it initially when you you texted me uh, and, and Stephen. We got a holy bleep, I think, from you all in all caps. I think was the was the text. I, I I didn't see the goal until I was scrolling through Instagram. Late last night, kind of, I don't know if you do this, you lay in bed, you look through Instagram, oh, or you yeah, look through always. Twitter or whatever, and kind of fall asleep to that. I, I, I look for my boo <laughs> on there, so. You're, you're waiting for, you're, you're looking I'm at your mentions, for, you're looking in your DMs yeah. for that uh, that very special yeah, they're someone. They're dry. <laughs> but no, I saw that goal, and that was probably what, 35 yards out or so? I would say, yeah. Absolute screamer. Absolute screamer. And the, 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 the way he finessed that ball, the, the bend on that ball, too. You look, you get the the, the camera angle from behind, uh, from Rooney's back, basically. You know, coming from the from the DC United goal, and the and, and the goalkeeper for for Toronto FC helped me out with. Is it was it Irwin last night? Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, I think right. Was it? Let's go with Irwin. I mean, it doesn't matter. They're eliminated. Right. <laughs> it doesn't right. matter. They're right. eliminated. I. I <laughs> He had no chance, no chance of, of saving that, whatsoever. And yeah, he the, he didn't. You're, it was Bono, by the way. Bono. Okay, Bono. I wasn't sure if he was with the with the U.S. or not. I have not. By the way, let, listeners, let we're going to preface this by saying you will not get any U.S. men's national team talk tonight. None of us, or 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 at all until they get a coach. I mean, I think that's the standard we we've gone for. Uh, we, we feel as if as a collective in the podcast that these games have no meaning. So we're going to refrain from commenting on them uh, at the moment because they don't have meaning in our eyes until we get a coach, until we get a system, until we get everything going. Yeah, so yeah, we're going we're gonna to leave it like that. Yeah, we will. Yeah, so if you, if you came to this podcast expecting to get a breakdown of U.S. Peru, I might suggest maybe Alexi Lawless's podcast or... I'm sure Max and her somebody somebody will do um, it. We're not doing the, the, it though. Uh, the guy, the the guy, his name is Scuffed. He has good American podcast. Scuffed. I, would, I, I would, actually I would, have listened yeah. to Scuffed. Yes, that go yes. listen to Scuffed. I would go listen to him for our U.S. soccer coverage. Uh, for us, the time being, I know we're American. Uh, Uncle Sam's American soccer podcast. Come on, man, hire a coach. All right, we're good. You don't you don't want Dave Sarakan? You want to go on this rant? Because I feel like you've been waiting to go on this rant for a while. I know we said we're not going to talk U.S. men's soccer, but now I feel like we have to. Why don't we have – I just – man, I'm going to keep it real with you, Jake, and our listeners. Uh, I'm looking at you through my computer, I guess, or whatever. We don't have a coach. 
It's over a year now. Breaking Looks news. Like we're behind Greg Berhalter. Oh, yeah, we're behind Greg Berhalter. There's reports of Tab Ramos. Oh, I God. Can't. I don't get it. I don't get it. To me, it's disappointing that we don't have a national team coach yet. It's very disappointing. And Mexico is about to hire Tata Martino. Woo, woo. And that's gonna be a, uh, that looks like a great hiring if they do that. And now we're looking at Big Mama Dave in the house and <laughs> him, you know, caretaking everyone, starting starting Will Trapp in a 4-1-4-1. Just name a better duo, Will Trapp and Dave Sarakan. Why is Will Trapp on the, on the national team at the time? I'm not sure. It's not taking away that he's not a great player, but I feel like we've seen enough of Will Trapp. Why don't we have someone else in there? Maybe like a Danny Williams. Thank you. Can somebody can can some? I'm gonna cut you off here and get on my soapbox just for ten seconds here. All right. Why the hell has Danny Williams not been given a chance in God knows how long? Why? He plays in a Premier League club. Granted, a, a lower a bottom table Premier League club, but. Why are the Will Traps of the world? Why is Michael freaking Bradley, man? Mike, I'm so sick of the philosophical BS that is Michael Bradley getting called in. Like, why is he getting called to the national team now? We did, come on, it's 2019 or 2018. My God, I this is I'm all, I'm yeah. yeah I'm gone now. I guess uh, it's 2018. We're not playing competitive matches. This isn't Gold Cup. This isn't World Cup qualifiers. Why is Michael Bradley getting any run whatsoever? Why are we calling in Danny Williams? Let's see what Danny Williams can do. What can Danny Williams do with Timothy Weah? What can Danny Williams do playing alongside Weston McKinney or Adams? Why? Why, why can't why, why can't he get any playing time? What, what I don't understand. Can, can you help me? Help me understand this. Can you put on your Dave Sarakin cap there, Armand, and, and tell me why Danny Williams hasn't gotten called up and I get it it's Danny Williams I'm freaking out about Danny Williams right now I'm not freaking about somebody like Christian Pulisic but Danny Williams man you can't tell me he does not deserve at least a look over guys like Will Trapp you know what you get with Michael uh, Michael Bradley now at this point it's 2018 these aren't competitive matches give somebody else a look that's the end of my rant I mean the only thing I would say is I guess Danny Williams isn't playing at uh in the in the Premier League, um, yeah, he has only played in uh, I think zero matches, and he played in the EF, he played in the EFL Cup. Um, but for me, it's just a matter of um, okay, I, I managed here, to throw a name here. out there. Let me let me okay. He's only played in the EFL Cup. Josh Sargent hasn't even appeared for the first team yet for. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. that's fair. That's very fair. Yeah, and that's the problem. You get these you get these you get these instances with uh, form and whatnot. That are kind of weird because you have a guy like who hasn't played a game, a professional game, right? Uh, with uh, Werder Bremen, and yet you can't like it's kind of hard to make an argument to someone else because you have a guy like Sargent in the team. You have a guy like Julian Green, who's you know, uh, in the which I, I apparently I pissed off his dad. So um, you know, some guys that aren't forming as well as they could be, but. My problem with it, Jake, is we know what we get from these guys. And that's, I think, my issue. I think we know what we're going to get from these guys. But I'm not even saying call in a guy who's like 20 to play defensive bid. I'm saying maybe call another another MLS guy who's 24, 25 or something like that. We just know what we're going to get with Will Trapp. Why don't we experiment and try something else, you know? It's just it's just my thought process. Big Mama Dave in his four one four one is amazing, and he. I just to me he's not to me the U.S. national team wants to keep him in the team because he's been a caretaker for over a year. 
Look, man, if Dave Sarakan gets a permanent job, I'm going to be so upset. He hasn't earned it. What has he done to earn it? If anyone tells me I'm he always played, so if anyone tells me no, that okay, per- time, per- out. time Wait, out. First off, I don't even think Burrowhalter's earned it, to be quite honest with you. That's you a fair think point. Greg Burhalter's earned it? I think Greg Burhalter has showed that he can get more out of players, if that makes sense. I, I, like, look at look at Jesse uh, Jossi Zardes. I mean, he's raised the water level there. Uh, Justin Merrim seems to play better underneath Burhalter. Uh, well, I mean, let, let's let, let's 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 break it down with the five candidates that Terry Twelman uh, talked about on the uh, broadcast. Break it I mean, down because I don't know who these this, five candidates are actually. So break this down. This is new to me. So it was Peter Vermees, uh, Greg Burrowhalter, Greggy, um, Greg Vanny, Vermees, Porter, Oscar Pereja, and Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh apparently isn't even on the list because, you know, he hates the national team because he was pissed at the way they, they fired him and uh, Bob Bradley in 20 – I think it was after the – yeah, it was in 2011. Uh, so let's go through it. Jesse Marsh, Pereja, Porter, Vermees, Vanny, Burhalter. Can you guess who has the highest winning percentage out of those six candidates? Oh, it's Vermees or Burhalter. I'll go Vermees. Marsh. Oh, shit. Marsh. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's and a good Marsh, point. Mar- Marsh has more coaches, uh, uh, MLS coaches or games coached. Uh, who has the highest goal difference? Marsh. Yep. Who has the second highest? Vermees. Wrong. Oscar Pereja. Okay. I'm sorry. No, the highest goal difference is Vermees. Actually, second highest is Marsh. Third is Pereja. But Pereja has the second highest win percentage. So let me ask you this: Taylor Twelman's list only consisted of MLS player or MLS coaches. Well, they're gonna hire. Why is it, no? But no. But on, on, on the real, why does it have to be an MLS coach? Because I get it. They've waited. The league. They've waited until November now. So I get it. Any. Available manager who you'd want in Europe is probably managing unless you want to wait for somebody to get fired. Unless that's, unless that's what they're doing. I, 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 you're right. I mean, I, I just I just don't understand why, why an MLS coach. What what? And, and I'm not because, saying Jake, an MLS coach very, isn't qualified, but I just don't understand why we waited this long for a Greg Berhalter or a Peter Vermees or a Oscar Pereja. Because Jake, you understand we're we're so arrogant that we believe only certain people understand the American player. I feel like soccer is a universal language. We eliminated Tata Martino because he didn't speak English. And by the way, for the record, I don't. I think Tata Martino speaks perfect English. He just doesn't speak it to the media because he doesn't want to do questions in English. That's my guess. My, that's, that's like uh, my, that's, my guess. That's like uh, Ichiro. He. Oh yeah. <laughs> he 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 claimed he couldn't. Ichiro, and I think you Darvish is this way too. You might know this because you're he played for the Rangers, but they both said they couldn't speak English. But they, but I know damn well they both speak perfect English. Yeah, they speak, they speak, and like Tata is one of them. My problem with it, Jake, is we laugh off the best candidate for the national team, Juan Carlos Osorio. Why do we laugh him off? This guy has gotten this like weird knack of being like like Klinsman because he rotates players. Come on, come on, this is. This is stupid. The MLS media, I'm sorry, some of the stuff I've been uh, hearing through the MLS Twitter has been ridiculous. Such as Juan Carlos Osorio is not a good coach. Oh, he did bad with the Red Bulls. Uh, He lost to Chile 7-0. You know, okay, okay, we'll give you that. 
has anyone on this list beaten the defending world champions 1-0? Granted, they looked rough in the group stage, but the the way that uh, uh, Osorio got Mexico to attack Kimmich, especially when he would push up and join the attack and attack that side, was impressive. Mexico basically dominated throughout that match. I mean, we'll, we have to agree on that. Juan Carlos Osorio mixes up things and plays well, he's a tactician. He would be one of the more tactical coaches in U.S. soccer history. And let's look at this list. Greg Berhalter, I mean, he has potential, but what we need someone that's a little bit proven. Vanny, no, I would, Vanny would be off my list. Vermees, uh, I'm not sure if Vermees would work, but I, maybe he could. Uh, Caleb Porter, scratched off. Oscar, okay, he might be able to work, but I mean – He's he's shown now he 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 he's a guy who wants to uh, he can play you know whatever style he needs to. I look at Marsh on that list and I go a guy who's proven with the track record of pressing, which the U.S. is really good at, athletic, fast, and fit. Um, a guy with a proven track record of winning, a guy who can experiment tactically like a Burrow halter, but a guy who's being laughed off because of disagreement in 2011. And anyone that says otherwise, I don't agree with you. Can so I mean, sorry, Jake, I have to go on my little soapbox. Let me let me. I know I did this last week. But I'm going to do it again. Let me put my tinfoil hat on. Tinfoil Ted. Let me get my tinfoil Ted on here. I think you and I, and you know, you, you, met, you met the, uh, the, the guy calling the shots for U.S. soccer last night and Carlos Cordero. Reads your stuff, yeah. by the way. I'm sure that was a very big uh, ego boost for you. Oh, my ego is out of the roof so, when he said that. So he claims. I was so, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you and I are both in agreement that Carlos Cordero does not call all the shots for U.S. soccer. Well, yeah, I agree. Would you, you say you, MLS has a very big influence in what what happens inside the federation? Well, I mean, you're not the only person that would believe that, no? Because NASL fought a collusion thing. When, they did right? file a collusion thing. Right? But, I mean, that's the that's that's element of collusion. The, the USSF and... MLS were colluding for him on our top league conforming. So let me hear me out on this one, okay? Is it entirely possible that MLS is influencing the national team coach hire because it doesn't want somebody like Klinsman to challenge the national team players to play over in Europe? Is that possible? It's tough. Uh, uh, because... They hired a technical director that worked in MLS or that worked in MLS. <sighs> but to, but I mean I'm gonna go against what I just said to play devil's advocate against myself here. The technical director <laughs> did serve several years over in Europe, more specifically in the Netherlands with uh, with clubs. I mean it could be, but <sighs> doesn't that kind of <laughs> seem like what's going on here? Doesn't that I mean I mean but I, why I just, are we I holding out? I just don't. I just don't get why we why why uh, people are okay with laughing off Juan Carlos Osorio, and I want people uh, who listen to the show to tweet at me why they believe that's a hundred percent fine and that's oh, that's okay. Because I, I talked to another journalist about this, and this is ridiculous. Why aren't we talking about Juan Carlos Osorio? Why don't we want him? Why instead are we listening to Matt, Matt Doyle? We came on the show, so I'm not going to respect him. But I'm not going to disrespect him. But his opinion is, oh, you know. 
Osorio is like Klinsman in terms of rotating. And he talks about some Metro Star stuff, some Chicago Fire stuff, some Red Bull stuff. Not Metro Stars, Red Bull. Wait, 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 Come wait, on, wait. Man. Can't you argue that <laughs> by not rotating players is what cost the U.S. qualification in the 2018 argue, World Cup? so many things. Why is Klinsman a bad thing? Klinsman, I'll say that right now. Klinsman was right on many different things. Now, tactically, he was not right. But exactly. He, exactly. He let's, had let's the right that. ideas in terms of what you need to do to be a successful federation, uh, in terms of getting players to the highest level in, in Europe or across the world, really, Ch- making sure players were challenging themselves to be the best they could be, and not just settling for. And I don't blame Michael Bradley or Josie Altidore for doing this. Not just taking the big payday in MLS and you know having the easy ride for the rest of your career. The problem is with Klinsman is he challenged these guys. Like, is that a problem? Why well, that there's problem? that. And then tactically, you... tactically, tactically, um, I, if we go back, I show the old show. I agree. Klinsman was an awful coach. Awful. I mean, he told the guys two days before the Mexico match that they're going to run a 3-5-2 in Columbus. And they, had, and they looked lost, confused, and they had to switch it up. And they couldn't salvage a win. Um. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I, and I forget his name, uh, but when Stephen and I interviewed the, the the gentleman who wrote that piece with the Ringer earlier this early this spring about I the, I was too, yeah. uh, uh, in regards to the failure to, to qualify, I mean, he highlighted a lot of how Klinsman's the things Klinsman did in, in practice kind of left players scratching their heads and not really knowing what was expected of them come come match day. So, but either way, I. I know we said we weren't going to talk about this, so maybe we should just wrap this up here at this point because I feel like we're, we could just babble on and on. No, let's not wrap this up. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Well, we're on, we only got about like 10 more minutes here, and I, I do want to touch on what's going on with, with Nisa here. I mean, maybe we can close the show with that. But give, give me – okay, you got, you, got a, you got a minute. Just give me your final thoughts. We're looking at the wrong coach in MLS. We're generally looking at okay, the okay, wrong okay. – let me I think MLS. pump the brakes here. Who is the right coach then in MLS for this job? I would have to say Vermees. Why? We, I would break say it Vermees. down. Okay, let's, let's, let's break it down. And, and this is, comes from a guy who talks to Oscar Perea every weekend. Comes from a guy who's been openly stated, hey, I would be fine with Greg Berhalter as a head coach. But let's look at Caleb Porter and Greg Vanny. I think those two, you, you don't want them. you don't want them coaching at the moment. You, looking at Greg Berhalter and Oscar Pereja, they have not had consistent success. We had we had that weird year for SC Dallas last year. Scratch him out. Uh, I think Berhalter had the same thing in 2016. No, when uh, the crew went to the MLS Cup and then didn't didn't do anything. Right. I think that's uh, those are two anomalies. Scratch him out. I think Vermees is the only guy who's been able to play young players. Play a consistent system. Now that I'm thinking about it, this is honestly the first time I've said this on on any platform. Uh, play a consistent system, a four three three, the midfield that suffocates uh, a team. Where opposing players tell me that their 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 middle three is just so good, he can implement young players. in. we saw Busio uh, score uh, yesterday, sixteen year old, in, uh, 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 playing right there, and he's had consistent success. This is a guy, when you think of SKC, do you think of a loser? No, you think of a winner year in and year out. This guy is the only one on the list outside of Porter, I'd say, that has an MLS Cup, right? 
The rest of the, well, Vanny too, but I feel like Vanny, you from the list of three I have, I mean, you're only going to have uh, Vermees. Consistent success, strong system that he consistently likes to use, and it's just a strong presence too. I don't think he leaves for the USMS national team, though. I think he enjoys his power that he has with SKC. I think he enjoys his job, and I, I hate to say it, but I think he wouldn't. I don't know if he'd accept the job from the USMS national team, but I think his best option. What about you? I'm going to give you my hot take. You ready for a hot take? Yeah, tinfoil. Let's do it. This isn't tinfoil because this isn't a conspiracy. Oh. The U.S. US soccer has waited until we're what? What's the date today? October 18th, 2018. We are now um, over a year since the loss in Trinidad. The U.S. has waited nearly – when was Bruce Arena fired? Was it around – was it, it – He resigned, right? Like slowly after the match? Yeah. Let's, okay, we're basically at a year now. We're basically at a year since Bruce Arena stepped down. At this point, mm-hmm. instead of just settling for an MLS coach, unless you've earmarked the whoever the MLS coach is, unless you've earmarked them as the top candidate, that's the guy you want to go with. At this point, in my eyes, instead of settling for an MLS coach, why don't you just, just wait? Just wait longer. If you if you if you really want a guy in Europe or who's coaching in Europe right now, why don't you just wait? Just wait until February or March. Or whenever. I mean, at this point, what's three more months? Four more months? I mean, that's a fair point. I mean, come on. Like, what are we... Why are we settling for the Greg Berhalter of the world if we can go and hire somebody out of Europe who might be a better fit for the national team? And here's the other thing, too. When when, when people talk about we need an American coach to reach, reach these American players, I don't know if I texted this to you. This was earlier this afternoon or yesterday afternoon. I feel like there's more American players playing in Europe right now than there ever has been. Is that is that a fair statement? I, I feel like there's tons of Americans in Europe right now. Maybe so, maybe it's not maybe it's not the amount, but I feel like we are getting the, more the quality. exposure. Exposure, I think. So we're getting what, a lot more exposure and quality. Yeah. If those American if it's and especially the American kids who are performing at a high rate in Europe, why are they don't need an American coach. They just need the best coach. They don't need a Peter Vermees to understand the american way they just need a guy they, they need a guy who can who can coach them up and, and just just be a better player for the national team so why not wait three months get wait for someone to be fired in europe and go and grab them or you know what i mean just just why, like if the gold cup isn't until what june yeah middle of june so you can see you have what eight nine months until the gold cup if you gotta wait until march Something you gotta like wait until march what I mean, what's the big deal at this point? You've waited this long. Why settle for uh, why, why settle for a lesser coach? That that is my question to you, Armand, and that is my question to the listeners. Ah, man, I think U.S. soccer has put pressure on themselves by allowing this to, to continue to wait. Then you know drag what? Out. Then you know what? Come out and say we're waiting for somebody in Europe. Just come out and say it. Just say we're we we want to give coaches in Europe a fair shake. We're gonna wait a little bit longer, and then take the pressure off. Because of, look, at, you they can hire have, an MLS. No, hire, they wouldn't do it. No, but you can hire an MLS coach in January for Christ's sakes. Yeah, you you can. I mean, come on. Either way, I'm done. Okay, we're done with this subject. We're done with this. Subject. We talked enough. About no, this subject. we're n- no. We'll never be done with this subject I, I, until until we hire a coach. I'm gonna be going. I mean, we're talking about Rooney's goal. We ended up on this topic. Yes. I mean, come on. It, all right, we got about five minutes here. Before we're going to sign off, this is going to be an abbreviated episode. About five minutes here. Uh, quickly, was that Rooney goal one of the best goals of the year? 
Yeah. What would you say it was better than Zlatan's goal against LAFC? No. no. Does that, that still was a rank? hallmark moment MLS? I agree. I agree. All right, we're off Rooney. We close. <laughs> we bookend the U.S. Men's National Team talk <laughs> with Rooney talk. Let's talk about Nisa. There was some news that broke um, this week in regards to Nisa. They have announced two teams, clubs, franchises, whatever, whatever we're going with. I don't even know anymore in, in, at, at this point. On October 15th, Nisa announced there will be a club in the state of Connecticut that will quote-unquote represent New England, which will kick off 2019-2020 August. So they're going to go with the European calendar. They're going to start in August. I did see they're going to take a break sometime in the winter. And then earlier today, they announced they are also placing a club in Philadelphia, Armand, do you have any do you have any takes on Nisa right now or what they're what they're trying to do? I, I, I think it's interesting that they want to do the, the the European calendar. They want to start with the the, the yeah. Start. I mean, yeah, I agree because it's it, it shows hey like all of those discussion. Oh, it can happen. Oh, we can do it. So let's see another league try it, and if it works, then maybe we'll see in the future if MLS takes something from it. The only good there's only good things that can come from this, Jake, because Nisa isn't going to be USL and uh, have a partnership with MLS. Nisa wants to compete with MLS. I think that's what they want to do. They want to compete. And what have we seen in sporting history? I mean, I hate to I, I hate to go off on a little bit of a tangent, but we've seen through sporting history that mergers can be so beneficial. Without the ABA, what the the th- is it was a three point line wouldn't exist or something like that. Like you're, you're asking the wrong guy. I'm not a great ABA yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um, well, there, there wouldn't be certain there, and without the ABA, there wouldn't be certain teams. I mean, uh, NF, NFL and AFL, uh, NL and AL. You had the I mean NHL go, and WA, uh, the yeah Western Hockey League or the World Hockey League. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, we can go on. We can go on and on and talk about leagues that have had impacts on other leagues, forcing mergers with good competition. We need this competition, Jake. We need it. We need. We do. Uh, we, and, we do in, in, in within the U.S. specifically. Uh, in order to push some of these markets to go harder. You're right. You're great. And what I think is funny, and I noticed this on Nisa's – or in their uh, – Nisa's Twitter's mentions were all the – I don't know if MLS fanboys is the right way because Steven loves that. Steven loves that phrase. Let me, let me just fan point boys. out. Fanboys. Oh, the fanboys. The people, though, criticizing Nisa for having the balls to say, you know what, we're going to play – we're going to start in August and we're going to play through the winter into the spring. And I don't know why they're getting flack for that. I don't. They want to try something new. They want to stand on their own and say, "We are going to play by the FIFA calendar, or the European calendar, or whatever calendar, whatever the name of the calendar is. We're going to do this, and we're going to see how it works." And and I and I and I, and I appreciate it. And I know. And we had Peter Wilt on. God knows how long ago that was. That once that in the winter, I want to say that was a that was a whirlwind ago. That, that might have been before I was even on the show. But if I recall, there was mention of promotion relegation, was there not? Yeah, there was. And Nisa seems to be open to the idea of having a pyramid within their within their own structure. Yeah, and, I think that's exactly what it was. And I kind of like that. I, they're, 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 they're making themselves different. They're, they want to stand out from... 
from MLS and they want to give people something that, they, you know, there, there's a lot of soccer fans in this country. And I don't want to turn this into a pro rel for USA talk, but don't worry. We'll hashtag it on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey Jake, uh, we were talking, uh, I mean, about the MLS CBA. I mean, it, it expired after the 2019 season. It does. I, you guys were talking about how the USL could maybe take over MLS. Not USL. But Nisa's nice not going to do could, that. Well, we could we could see them fill that gap, no? Because they're be playing during during the switches. I mean, potentially, potential, but Rome wasn't potentially. Built, Rome wasn't built in a day. But I mean, I mean, on the, and by the way, like I I do think this is going to be a very vigorous uh, MLS CBA because they they, they they some of the players deserve better. Come on, man, give them charter flights. Oh, definitely. Grant. They definitely they, deserve they, charter they, flights. They, they have to. And real quick. MLS cannot afford to have a lockout. Oh, no because way. Because the owners are going to bend backwards. Unlike the NBA, to. unlike the NFL, unlike Major League Baseball, MLS is not the best at what it does in the world. There are probably 10 other leagues in the world that are better than MLS at what they do. So the owners cannot afford to let this go to a lockout. They need to, like you said, bend over backwards. And not bend over backwards, maybe, but they need to come to the negotiating table and work with the players to get a deal to make sure that there isn't a lockout in a couple years. That's that's my rant. But anyway, that's that's the show. Like I said, an abbreviated show this week. Uh, we're going to be off this weekend. Armand is going to be covering the FC Dallas match on Sunday. I will be at the Minnesota United LA Galaxy match. Ooh, uh, 50, for Zlatan or for Minnesota United? Uh, well, it's uh, Zlatan's in a play, so that's always a plus. That's definitely a plus. It is their uh, Minnesota United is what, what they're calling the hashtag 50K to Midway. So they're going to break the Minnesota soccer attendance record set by probably the kicks in the 70s. Yeah, it's at, probably, yeah. It's at 49,000 something. So they've something like that. They're, they're they're trying to sell at TCF Bank Stadium. It sounds like they've done that though. So that'll be 50 plus. So that'll be exciting. That'll be cool to see that stadium uh, filled up for for soccer. And um, because I'll be gone, because you'll be gone. Steven's got no one to do the show with. So we're going to we're going there'll, there'll be no show this weekend. So uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at @unksamsoccerpod. Make sure you follow Armankafi at Armankafi and read his work on ProSoccerUSA.com. His FC Dallas work, phenomenal, Armand. You are. Hey, chill out, man. Stop boosting me, but I got some articles coming out tomorrow, hopefully. We in the kitchen cooking a little late. <laughs> Carlos <laughs> Cordero. Carlos Cordero loves his work. Uh, follow Steven Jodoran. Uh, if you have any Save the Crew um, things you want to throw at us, make sure you throw it at Steven Jodoran. Hit him with the graphs. I haven't seen anybody hit us with any graphs. As uh, Stephen challenged, save the crew fans in attendance last week. So if you got any graphs you want to you want to throw at us, throw them at Stephen Jodoran. He'll be yeah, the guy to. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him either. I don't care anymore. I see too many. I see too many damn graphs in my econ class. So sure. I don't care about your regression analysis. Come on. Yeah, don't care. But Stephen does. Stephen loves graphs. Anyway, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes. Only good reviews. We only accept good reviews on iTunes and Spotify. Check us out on Spotify. We're there too. We'll talk to you guys in about a week and a half. Deuces.
Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.